Welcome back to today's episode of British Inventions. Today we will be talking about British photography. Isn't that interesting? Sure. How often do you take pictures with your camera or on Snapchat or um, a Polaroid camera, which are very popular now like they were back in the day? Um, Probably too often because I know I do. Let us enlighten you on British photography. William Henry Fox Talbot began the history of British photography with the invention of his calotype process, patented in February of 1841. He did this by exposing chemically treated paper to light and then fixing it with chemicals. One of these are known as hyposulfite of soda. He managed to start publishing his first book of photography, The Pencil of Nature, only three years later. By the start of World War I, progressions in technology meant that soldiers could capture images of their time in the trenches. George Eastman founded Kodak in 1888. Amateur photography was already popularized, and when the best pocket Kodak camera appeared in 1912, it was branded as a soldier's Kodak. More than 20,000 of these cameras sold in 1915, meaning troops could document their life and travels for family back at home. That year, there was a photo taken by an anonymous soldier of the men of 1-5th York in Lancaster Regiment near the Yazer Canal north of Yepris. Its depiction of smiling troops shows none of the tragedy that was to come. Popularized in the time before newspapers printed any images, postcards were a visual way of communicating for Victorians. Colored ones emerged in the 1960s in order to capture the optimism of, the, of this decade as the UK finally emerged from post-war autistry. That's so fantastic. John Hendry postcards accentuated and even changed the colors of the original images in order to get the most vibrant images. Beach scenes were populated by bright, smiling families and indicated a new future for the UK. The Sunday Times became the first paper in Britain with a color supplement in 1962. This allowed color photography to reach a wider audience, something John Balmer used to his advantage. He shot an image of a woman in Yorkshire hanging out her washing for the paper, making full use of color film. Part of the same assignment from 1965, his next photo is of pit ponies at Walgers Colliery, County Durham. Deliberately taken in winter, Balmer has said he attempted to convey the atmosphere of the north of England by showing it in rain and fog, rather than the grainy black and white of photographers such as Don McCullen and Neil Britt. Almost 10 years later, Peter Mitchell recorded some of the changes taking place in Leeds, as working-class communities changed and factories were torn down. There was a photograph of Mr. and Mrs. Hudson standing outside their newsagents in the Seacroft area. The mages were taken with the aid of a stepladder using a medium format Hasselblad camera. I'm gonna have to Google what a Hasselblad camera is. A 1985 book called Land meant that Faye Godwin's landscape uh, photography of pictures, views across Britain reached a wider audience. Capturing the changing landscape of Britain, however, her photographs were not only beautiful, but also showed the effect that pollution and urbanization had on the environment. And now, we will be pausing for a commercial break. Brought to you by Kodak. Here's how you can relive a good time over and over again. See it. 
big as life in full color slides. The newest, smartest way to take color slides is with a stylish Kodak Signet 40 camera. You'll wear it proudly everywhere you go. Just aim, focus, snap. It's as easy as that. Exciting action shots, eye-catching close-ups, beautiful scenes, indoors or out, day or night. You can take them all in rich, beautiful color. The Kodak Signet 40 is the smartest color slide camera you can buy, yet it costs only $74 or as little as $750 down. Other fine Kodak color slide cameras range in price from $31.50 to $175. Ask your dealer about easy terms, and remember, when your camera is made by Kodak, you know it's good. Now, one inexpensive movie camera takes one, two, three kinds of movies. Kodak's new Brownie movie camera, turret model, lets you choose the view you want. Scenics, medium shots, or close-ups. Just flip the lens, then sight and shoot. You'll get beautiful panoramas, colorful medium shots, and exciting close-ups, all without moving a step. You get three kinds of movie making, and you pay less than the cost of many one-lens cameras. Only $79.50 complete. Ask about easy terms. The Brownie turret is made by Kodak, so you know it's good. Here are the first Brownie cameras ever designed to take three different kinds of pictures. The Brownie Star Flash Camera and the Brownie Star Flex Camera. They start at less than $9, but they take crisp black and white snapshots, beautiful color snapshots, and brilliant color slides. Star Flash, Star Flex. Imagine inexpensive cameras that actually take color slides as easily as snapshots. The Starflex, with this big picture window on top, shows you your picture just like this. So it's easy to get exactly the picture you want. The Star Flash has a built-in flash holder, so you're always ready to take snapshots or color slides, even indoors or at night. And both these cameras let you take close-ups from as little as four feet away. You'll get better pictures than ever before because they both have a new feather touch shutter release. The Star Flash costs $8.95 with built-in flash. The Star Flex, just $10.75. Flash holder, $3.75. And they're made by Kodak, so you know they're good. Now we will return and we are changing our subject. Well, I wouldn't say our subject. But our focus of British photography to famous photographers in Britain. Martin Parr is a chronicler of our age. In the face of the constantly growing flood of images released by the media, his photographs offer the uh, offer us the opportunity to see the world from his unique perspective. At first glance, his uh, photographs seem exaggerated or even grotesque. The motives he chooses are strange, the colors are garish, and perspectives are unusual. Parr's terms for the overwhelming power of published images is propaganda. He counters this propaganda with his own chosen weapons, criticism, seduction, and humor. As a result, his photographs were original and entertaining, accessible, and understandable. 
but at the same time they show us in a penetrating way how we live, how we present ourselves to others, and what we value. Nick Knight is by far my favorite of the British photographers I've learned about. He's very interesting and just has some photos that will jump at you. Nick Knight is a fashion photographer. His work is very, very appealing, and he is among the world's most influential and visionary photographers and founder and director of award-winning fashion website, showstudio.com. If you have some time, look it up. As a fashion photographer, he has consistently challenged conventional notions of beauty and is fitted for his groundbreaking creative collaborations with leading designers, including Yoji Yamamoto, John Galliano, and Alexander McQueen. Ka-chow! The British documentary photographer Chris Killip has died at age 74. Rest in peace. (laughs) He had been suffering from lung cancer. (gasps) Quit vaping in the bathrooms. Killip was best known for his seminal series in flagrant, which he made in the industrial northeast of England between 1973 and 1985. He later said of the photo book of the same name, published in 1988. History is what's written. My pictures are what happened. Rest in peace, rest Chris Killup. Rest in peace, Chris Killup. Yeah, rest in peace, Chris Killup. Next, we will be talking about Anna Fox. She has a very interesting story. Um, actually, maybe that's the next lady. But Anna Fox was born in 1961, completing her degree in audiovisual studies at the Surrey Institute Farnham in 1986, Anna Fox has been working in photography and video for over 30 years. That's a really long time. She was greatly influenced by the British documentary tradition and U.S. new colorists. Her first work, Workstations, published by and exhibited first at Camera Work, London, 1988, observed with a critical eye London office culture in the mid-Thatcher years. Later work Later work documenting weekend war games, Friendly Fire was exhibited in the exib- exhibition. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Exhibition. <laughs> Sorry about that. War works at the Victoria and Albert Museum, the Netherlands Photo Institute, and the Canadian Museum of Contemporary Photography. Next, we're talking about Julia Margaret Cameron. She was born in 1815 and reigned until 1879. Julia Margaret Cameron received her first camera in December of 1863. The camera was a gift from her daughter and son-in-law. They said to her, it may amuse you, mother, to try to photograph during your solitude at Freshwater. She had six children, was very religious, and 48 years old. This gift led her to writers, artists, and scientists who were her spiritual and artistic advisors, friends, neighbors, and intellectual correspondents. Who is your guys' favorite out of those people, would you say? Definitely that Julia one. Definitely Nick Knight. Nick Knight does have some quite obscene photos. 
but I really like the story behind Julia and like how she was so old when she got into photography and it was because of her kids. I don't know what freshwater is, but solitude is being by yourself, so I'm going to assume that's not good. Well, some people need time to, like, be by themselves, and... Not in solitude. <laughs> listen. That's like jail. <laughs> that's the whole... Anyways, but imagine, like, just being in this beautiful place called Freshwater by yourself with a camera and taking some beautiful photos and just really enjoying yourself, you know? Actually, that would be good whenever you're very stressed out. That feel really nice. Freshwater is, um... That's not the right thing. No, that's not. But anyways, thank you for tuning in and listening to our fantastic podcast. And we have one more commercial before you, before you go. Tonight, I'd like to show you one of the world's great cameras. A magnificent new Retina Reflex by Kodak. This camera is for the professional and the advanced amateur. It's been acclaimed both here and abroad as one of the world's really great cameras. It's really great, now, here's guys. another great Kodak camera, but in a completely different way. This is the Pony 2, a wonderful camera for people who are just getting started in color slides. Kodak Engineering, the engineering that produced this Retina Reflex, has made the Pony 2 so amazingly simple to use that now you can get color slides every bit as easily as snapshots. All you do to focus the Pony is turn this ring to close-ups, groups, or scenes, and you can be sure you'll get beautiful slides. Thousands of people, including the Nelson family, have found the Pony camera a real pleasure to use. It costs only $26.75, or as little as $3 down. Why not ask your Kodak dealer to demonstrate it for you? Just tell him you saw it on tonight's Ozzy and Harriet show. Big. Bigger. Big as life. Imagine showing pictures of your own youngsters as big as they are, and in glorious color. It's easy with Kodak Color Slides. And today, it's easier to take your own color slides than ever before. Thanks to a brand new simplified Kodak camera, the Pony. The new Pony is simply beautiful to see and beautifully simple to operate. It loads in a jiffy and you're ready to shoot. It makes color slides as easy to take as snapshots. Beautiful color slides, clear, sharp, and lifelike. Of course, you can get fine color enlargements, too. But the most exciting thing of all about the new Pony camera is its price. Just $26.75 or less than $3 down. The new Pony is just one of many outstanding new 35mm cameras by Kodak. You can see them demonstrated this week, wherever you see this sign. Remember, when the camera you choose is made by Kodak, you know it's good. Have a great day, everyone. And remember, it's Kodak, so you know it's good.